Hey, I love Kidman. It's Ryan jumping in real quick before Corey and I start the podcast. Last week, I told you about Kidman Outlet. Have you checked it out yet? Do yourself a big favor. Hit pause. Go to KidmanOutlet.com. This is a new resource provider where you can get a really, really good deal on some solid curriculum. You're going to love the graphics. Um, be watching out because you're going to be hearing a lot more in the Kidman community from Kidman Outlet in the weeks and months to come. But they've got a special deal on the website right now uh, because they just launched. So go to KidmanOutlet.com. At least download the sample lesson so you can see what it's like. And let me know what you think. Hit me up on I Love Kidman or send me an email or a Facebook message or an Instagram or call me or stop by my office. I'd love to hear what you think about Kidman Outlet. Go there, KidmanOutlet.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the I Love Kidmin podcast, the place where you and your church take the next steps in your kids' ministry journey. We know you love Kidmin, and we want to give you the tools to succeed. Now, your hosts, Ryan Frank and Corey Jones. Hey, I Love Kidmin. Welcome to the I Love Kidmin podcast, episode number 17. Uh, hey, we've made it to number 17. Corey, remember when hey, you were hey. 17 years old? Working multiple jobs, trying to figure out paying for college, yeah. Where did you work when you were 17? Well, Ryan, I was a DJ at a skating rink. No. Yep. Um, Pokey pokey. All of it. It Uh, Chicken uh, dance, all that. It was fun. Yeah. What were you doing at 17? Man, at 17, I was working at Long John Silver's, um, going home every night smelling like grease and fish. And life was good. Life was good. Working was good. I, I never really liked high school, but I was surviving it and making it. And I had my eye on the prize, that diploma, getting through high school. And we're majorly going off script here, aren't we? Oh, no, I love it. I didn't picture you as a Long John Silvers guy. I, I won't be able to lose that image ever again. Go fish. Go fish. <laughs> All right. So, um, right, this podcast, this is where we come to learn. We're sharpening our acts. We so are. I'm curious, like outside of this podcast um, and our expert guests and all of that, what are you learning now? Where are you going to learn? You know, other than the fact learning that you used to be a DJ at a skating <laughs> rink. I mean, that that's mind blown. Yeah. You know what? I'm learning a lot right now. Um, I think like literally as we're recording this over the weekend, we're recording this on a Monday. Over the weekend, I've been in my Bible a lot in Second Kings chapter 2. I just keep reading it over and over. It's a story of Elijah and Elisha when Elijah goes home to heaven in that chariot of fire. The part of the story I've been focusing on and thinking on is where Elijah says, Elisha, ask me whatever you want. What do you want from me? And he could have said, I want money. I want fame. You know, I want power. But what he says is, he said, I want a double portion of your spirit and he really recognized god's spirit working in him and he wanted that in his own life and the part i'm wrestling through and i might talk about this at megacon some is that he could have asked god or he could have asked elijah for that double portion of his spirit but if he didn't have the capacity for it and the room for it it would have been a wasted ask and so elisha had been growing elisha had been following elijah elisha had been learning and so he had the capacity for that double spirit and so that's what i've been working through is really the word capacity the word growth you know if god was to give me a double spirit or a double portion of somebody else's spirit 
Would I be ready for it in my life? That's what I've been wrestling through. Um, and I don't know if wrestling through is the right word. It's what I've been thinking on and wrestling through my spirit and been challenged about. Um, what about you, Corey? What have you been thinking on, learning on? Well, Ryan, if you do end up speaking at Megacon about that, you could push Brian Dollar's Elijah, God's Powerful Prophet series. We start that on Wednesday. I'm looking forward to it. I've taught that before. I taught that at camp like two summers ago, and it's a good series. I'm looking forward. Uh, But what I've been learning, I've been reading through Matthew, and one of the scriptures that stuck out to me, it's it's silly, but they, uh, the disciples tell Jesus, like, do you realize that you just defended the Pharisees? And I'm like, well, what, uh, it's Jesus. So yeah. Um, but then it's, uh, it, it, it helped me understand, like, sometimes truth is offensive. Sometimes I need to speak up. Um, and that I know for me, I will, my natural flesh side of things is a fear of man. I don't want to offend people, but I need to find that balance because as far as it depends on me, I need to live at peace with one another. But um, discipling, it means you're speaking truth, and sometimes truth is offensive. And so well, You know what? You're exactly right. And, I, you know, we didn't know going into today that you and I, when, um, when we answered this question, that we were both going to pull out Scripture, which is pretty cool. That's so good. it is good. It's good. So we'd love to hear from you guys and girls Ladies and gentlemen, listen to the podcast. What are you learning right now? And just post something in the I Love Kidman Facebook group and tag Corey and I. We'd really love to hear what you are learning. Um, and hey, Corey, speaking of things we need to talk about, we got a partner for today. Can I jump into that? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. I'm excited. Okay. So big shout out to all of our partners. Uh, there are so many great resource providers to all of us who are serving kids and families every week. And this week's partner, it's a pretty sweet partner. Pretty sweet, Corey. Oh, I got it. You get it? Okay. It. Yeah. It's sugar. It's not. It's scripture candy. It's scripture candy. I made that up all by myself. It's sweet. Um, and I, I'm here. I'm here all week, folks. I'm not going anywhere. Scripture candy. Now, you probably have seen scripture candy. They sell it at Walgreens. They sell it at Walmart. They sell. We had it at MegaCon last year. And here's what's new about Scripture Candy is, um, in addition to having Scripture on the wrapper, they can now customize the candy with your church logo and even your address. Even your address. I I can see it, Corey. Mind blown. Your ministry logo on Scripture Candy. And so go check it out, ScriptureCandy.com. There's a lot of good candy on there. Hey, we all give kids candy every week anyway, more than likely. So why not give them some scripture at the same time? Uh, scripture Candy, thank you for being our official partner of the I Love Kidman podcast episode number 17. All right, this week in favorite things, we're going to introduce you to some of our favorite things. Corey, what you got? So mine um, is just probably a newfound love. Um, I like to read, but finding the time to do it doesn't always happen. I don't make that time. And so I have found um, with an Audible subscription that it kind of forces me because it's expensive. (laughs) If I'm going to be having a subscription like this, I'm going to use it because I know 
myself. And so uh, I recently got back into Audible, and then uh, each month it sends me a little email reminder where I can download some new books. And uh, I, I just think it's a good way to figure out a way to get a little more discipline in an area that you might not be disciplined. And it'd be like getting a personal trainer if you want to get fit. For me, yeah. Audible, it's just helping me grow and learn. What about you, Ryan? What's your favorite well, thing? And, and first of all, um, I don't know if you and Beth have been collaborating. She's been back on Audible like the last six or eight weeks That's and cool. loving it. I mean, it, it's like you and Beth are talking to each other because what you're saying is exactly what she's saying. Um, it's good wisdom. Audible, yeah, it is good. Okay, so I kind of have two. I had one planned for today, but Corey, on my way to the office – a little bit ago, I got lunch at Subway, and they, I don't know, this might, probably a seasonal thing, apple or caramel apple cookies at Subway. Hmm. Have you seen these? No, I have not. Okay, have you ever had, you've had, have you had the suckers that are, car, the caramel apple suckers? Um, I doubt it. I don't know. I don't eat a lot oh, of sweets like that. What you been living in? I thought I you know. were a thin guy. Uh, I mean, yeah, I love Okay, so <laughs> they sell these caramel apple suckers where it's like green apple, but then it's got caramel around it. I forget the brand. Uh, but these cookies taste like you're eating a caramel apple sucker. They literally have like caramel on top. Hmm. Amazing cookies. But that's not – that is – I don't know if that's one of my favorite things. Favorite thing of the day would be that caramel there apple cookie. But I'm going to go back. If you all are not getting Sam Chan's Tuesday videos – he has a, a video every Tuesday you, that you can subscribe to get in your email inbox. Go to TuesdaysWithSamChan.com. Every Tuesday in my email, I get a five-minute video from Sam Chan on leadership, working with people. And I love my Sam Chan Tuesday videos. Um, they're, a lot, they're good, 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 good. So that's my favorite thing in addition to the cookie. And go check out Audible. Um, Love to hear about your favorite things. Tag Corey and I in the I Love Kidman Facebook group. Today we'll be hearing from Mike Noraki. Mike is the co-creator of VeggieTales, the co-founder of Big Ideas, and he's the voice of Larry the Cucumber. He was the creator, the writer, and the director of most of the silly songs with Larry, and man, we had the joy of having him at last year's MegaCon. You're in for a treat, so let's turn things over to this week's expert guide. Hello! How you doing, Kidman conventioneers? Larry the Cucumber here. You know, I might want to change to my mic voice, because to tell you the truth, this is uh, cute and all, but after about two minutes, it gets really annoying. So I'll switch up. <laughs> um, this may come as a surprise to you, but uh, I did not grow up uh, thinking that I would one day be an animated cucumber. Um, <laughs> and uh, you may have always pictured yourself being in kids' ministry. Uh, maybe not. Some are born to kids' ministry, and some have kids' ministry thrust upon them, as Shakespeare most famously said. Um, but uh, I thought I would briefly share my story with you of how I became an animated cucumber. And this is... Uh, this is the Reader Digest, Reader's Digest version. Uh, so I'd, I'd like to do that and then also touch on the one VeggieTales episode, that one story that's most influenced my thinking about what it means to be open 
to letting God use you in ways you never expected. When I was a kid, I loved to make people laugh. In middle school and in high school, I was a big fan of The Muppets, of Sesame Street, of uh, Monty Python movies, uh, Mel Brooks movies. Uh, but mostly, I loved what was called the Dr. Demento Radio Hour. It was, uh, oh, you got that, all right. Sunday night, never missed it. It was a showcase of parody music, and I, I think that probably was the most influential for me uh, for silly songs, which, uh, which would come up later, uh, will, will come up later. Um, but that was also the time in my life when I became a Christian. I remember very clearly uh, sitting next to my dad on our sofa at home uh, and watching uh, Billy Graham, uh, the Billy Graham crusade on TV, and that's when I accepted Christ. And as a new Christian, um, I was fortunate enough to have an outlet for my creative side at church. Uh, I loved to perform and to sing, um, and whenever there was an opportunity to be uh, in a choir or in a play, I jumped at it. And I also became involved in the kids' uh, puppet ministry at church, and I would uh, write and perform for kids' church on Sunday morning. Uh, during my junior year of high school, uh, I attended a youth convention where I dedicated my future vocation to ministry. And at the time, I didn't know what that would look like. I just felt that God was calling me to do something. I didn't feel he was calling me to be a pastor per se, but uh, I felt like he wanted me to do something with my life for him. I just didn't know what that was. Um, my church was very missions-minded, the church that I was going to at the time, the Christian and Missionary Alliance, CMA. Uh, missionary was built right into the title. And so we always had a lot of missionaries come through, and I heard their stories, so that was an influence on me. My mom uh, was an operating room nurse and an um, ER nurse, and so that was an influence. My dad was an engineer. I had a brother at the time who was a chemistry major in college. So I put all those influences together in my life, and I thought, well, you know what? I think God wants me to be a missionary doctor. So that sounds like a great thing to do for him. So, so that was my plan. I started formulating that plan. So off I went to college. This was 1984. My plan was to attend uh, my denomination's Bible college for a year or two, get some basics out of the way, and then transfer to some place where I could do a pre-med curriculum. From there, I would go to medical school and then off to the mission field. Uh, and every student at St. Paul Bible College, it's now known as Crown College, it's in the Minneapolis area, was required to do a student ministry. And I chose puppetry because I had puppet experience already from church back home. Uh, it was on that team where I would meet the guy who would later become known as Bob the Tomato. So uh, Phil Vischer and I hit it off right away creatively. He also had a puppeting background, uh, and we hit the ground running. We would write and perform our own uh, material, our own puppet shows for Sunday schools all over the Twin Cities area. And we like to say that we roamed the Minnesota countryside scaring the Baptists. <laughs> <laughs> And Phil also had a similar Bible college plan. He was going to go for a couple years and then go on to something else. Uh, but he wasn't interested in medicine. He was interested in filmmaking. Um, and by this time, we had become really good friends and decided that we were going to move out to California together. He was going to go study film. I was going to study biology, and it was going to be awesome. Um, so after a year and a half, uh, we both left the Bible college uh, for a semester. He went back to Chicago, where he was from. I went back to the Denver area, where I was from. And we we're going to regroup for a semester in the summer and then head off to California. Well, Phil ended up getting an internship uh, at a video production house in Chicago uh, that semester. And by that summer, they offered him a job. And, uh, and he took it. And I had been accepted to a couple different colleges out in California, but all of a sudden I was roommateless. And um, once more, what's more, uh, my, I was living in the basement of my parents' home, uh, and they were going through a divorce. 
uh, and it was a really uh, tricky situation at home. I really felt like I needed to get out of there. And so, you know, I talked to Phil, said, hey, you know, there's just as many places to go to uh, study biology in, in Chicago as there are, is in California, so why don't I come out there? So that's what I did. I packed up all my things in my 1980 red Ford Fiesta, uh, which if you've ever seen the cheeseburger song, that's that car that drives up. That's, that was based off my car. And I headed off to Chicago. Um, so I began working to establish residency in Chicago to be eligible for in-state tuition. And after a few uh, odd jobs, I, uh, an, uh, an opening came up at the post house where Phil was working as a graveyard shift VHS tape duplicators. Anybody remember VHS tapes? <laughs> and uh, so, so I took that job and I worked, I worked in that graveyard shift for a year until I was an Illinois resident and then I started my biology degree at the University of Illinois in Chicago. So uh, Phil and I shared an apartment in, in Chicago and we would borrow equipment from the company over the weekends and make goofy little films and, and music videos. And as technology advanced, we were able to get more sophisticated. We'd shoot over green screens, we'd started to do compositing and graphic effects, and eventually we started to dip our toes into computer animation. Uh, now, flash forward a, a few more years to 1990, and we started talking about ways to use this technology uh, uh, to do what we had done back with puppeting, and that is to tell stories that taught Sunday school-like lessons. John Lasseter of the newly formed company at the time, Pixar, uh, was doing some really interesting work with computer character animation. Uh, this was still years before Toy Story, which was the very first computer animated film, uh, but uh, short films that they were doing, like Tin Toy and Luxar Jr., were showing what you could do that was really interesting with computer character animation. Prior to that point, uh, people were just using computers to fly around shiny logos, um, but he was breathing a life into these characters, and we thought that was really cool. So creating a computer animated show seemed like a lot of fun to me, but production work was just a means to an end. Uh, I was getting close to graduating and moving on to med school, and so I'd work on this project for as long as I could, but then it would be time for me to be getting on to what God really wanted me to do. Um, so we started working on the idea, uh, on an idea, and to do uh, uh, even a couple minutes of computer animation to prove to potential investors that we could make a show, we needed really simple characters. Characters with no hair, uh, no limbs, and no clothes. <laughs> All of those things were, were really complicated to do uh, on the computer. And so to make a long story short about you know, the genesis of the characters, uh, vegetables fit that profile really well. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that was the genius, really. All the genius there was behind VeggieTales. Uh, so uh, we took these characters, uh, now named Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber, and created a, uh, a two and a half minute video promo called Take 38. And in this promo, Bob and Larry announced to the world what a great you know, uh, show VeggieTales was gonna be. And so we finished this and Phil, Phil took uh, the promo out and started to try to raise money. And basically the pitch was, okay, we've got, we made two vegetables, we can make more if you want, uh, and we're gonna, we're, what we're gonna do is we're gonna tell Bible stories with these vegetables and it's gonna be awesome. Now, as, as innovative and as groundbreaking as that may seem right now, <laughs> at the time, uh, there weren't a lot of people banging down our door to give us money with that pitch. Um, it just seemed a little far out. Uh, but eventually, you know, we, we did get some seed money uh, a little bit later. But meanwhile, I finished my undergraduate degree and had applied to the Peace Corps. So uh, what I thought I would do is uh, go into the Peace Corps, teach biology in Africa for two years, which would look great on a med, med school resume, and then come back and go to medical school. 
Well, while we were waiting for investment dollars and acceptance letters to come in, uh, we began working on our very first show uh, between our regular commercial production jobs. And as fate would have it, um, the investment dollars came in for that first show and the acceptance letter came in from Peace Corps in the very same month. Uh, this was early in 1993. So here I was, just this guy passing through this production thing, ready to take the next big step in the goals that I had set for myself, but um, filling a big pull to forget all of that or at least put it on hold to make our first show. Um, and so I prayed about it and sought the advice of people who, who knew me best. Um, but it was one of those moments in my life where I realized that that decision that I made would likely affect the path of the rest of my life. Um, I looked back at the road that had gotten me to where I was and saw that despite my own plans for myself, I had to be open to the possibility that God had other plans for me. Uh, I had a real passion for writing and, and performing and, and storytelling, and the people around me told me that I had a gift for it. But looking back, I consider that time in my life in deciding which path I would take my Esther moment. Uh, God had put Esther in the right place at the right time and blessed her with the right talents and abilities to do his will. Proverbs 16.9 tells us, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So here's my encouragement to you. Um, whether children's ministry has always been a part of your plans, or if God is now redirecting your steps in that area, always be open to how God can use you as, at such a time as this. Uh, thank you so much for letting me share my story. And always remember, God made you special, and he loves you very much. Goodbye! Thank you, Mike. Wow, decide to take your Esther moment. Corey, that's, a, that's pretty good stuff. Um, you know, God put Esther in the right place at the right time. So here's my question for you. Where has God placed you? And how do you need to obediently follow his lead? Wow, good stuff. Mike, I really appreciate that proverb. Proverbs 16, 9. Yep. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. This is like what the podcast is about, that we want to be faithful in following each and every step along the way to not be like so concerned with 10 miles down the road, but just be faithful in that next step and follow it. I love it. Yeah. Where's God placed you today? And what's God doing in your life? What people is God putting in your life? And what opportunities are right sitting right in your lap, so to speak, right in front of your face? And how can you make the most of that? So I love Kidman. We'd love to hear from you in the Facebook group this week. Um, I'd love to hear from you about a past or future Esther moment. So what you need to do, go to I Love Kidman, search for episode number 17, and let us know on the post um, about one of your Esther moments. Well, hey, we made it through episode 17. Thanks so much. You guys, your support of this podcast has been great. Um, do us a favor, share it with some other ministry friends, share it with some of the leaders in your church, people that would benefit from uh, this weekly podcast. It really would mean the world to us. This episode might be over, but the conversation is just getting started. Head over to the I Love Kidmin Facebook group and let's talk about your next steps in your kids' ministry journey.